don't confuse life not making sense with God not making sense. Mm. There are things that happen on this earth that are not God's will. Okay, that's why we pray in the Our Father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are praying for God's will to be done on this planet. It's not always done. And sometimes we can blame God for the, the presence, the true presence of evil and things that are against his will. And sometimes Christians, we we don't help. We'll we'll just see anything and say, oh, well, God's will will be done. Well, eventually, yes, but that's not helpful to the person like you have. It's going through cancer or someone who loses a child that and you just say that was God's will. OK, then then I don't. Well, if that was God's will, then I don't, I don't really believe in that God. I don't want a kind of relationship with a God that would, would will that and want that. Welcome to the Ron Huntley Leadership Podcast, helping leaders be a positive catalyst on the people they support, the organizations they serve, and the communities they live. This podcast will make you think, laugh, and grit your teeth with new determination to make your parish or business a place of transformation, passion, and purpose. If you're still breathing, you are power for impact. If you are joining me for the first time, a special welcome to you. And welcome back to everybody else. I'm Ron Huntley, your host. Leadership is my passion. Jesus and his church are my first love. In our episode today, I'll speak with Tom Corcoran. Tom and Father Michael White have released yet another book. And you can use it as material for speaker series as well as tools for small groups. This episode is being released on Father James Mallon's 25th priestly anniversary. So happy anniversary, Father James. Please pray for him that he'll continue to be blessed in all the work he does to inspire others. Enjoy my conversation with Tom. Lift off and the clock has started. I'm blessed to have with me today the co-author of yet another book in the Rebuilt series, Tom Corcoran. Tom, welcome to the show. Thanks, Ron. It's always good to catch up with you. The book is entitled Seriously God, Making Sense Out of Life, Not Making Sense, which is pretty much all the time. I don't know what it's like in your world. <laughs> but boy, it's it's hard to get on top of thing. I love the expression just when you thought, thought figured you had all the answers, they changed the questions. Life sometimes does not make sense. What was that? Give me some insight into what brought this book about for you and uh, Father Michael. Well, we preach in the church in the message series. So we take a topic and over a series of weeks, we're looking at that topic. And in church world, right, you're, Sunday's coming every week. There's constantly a need to create new content. Um, and a lot of times you're saying the same things in fresh ways. But one of the, we did a series a few years ago about this very topic about life not making sense for our church. And where in the Bible, where in scripture, God doesn't seem to make sense to us. And sometimes with a, a series idea, you have to struggle to make it work or struggle mm-hmm. to find an idea. There was no dearth of ideas when it came to that series. I mean, there was just a ton of ideas, um, more than we even used. Uh, we knew, um, it, again, we just knew it was preaching to our community and it was resonating with them. And so after that series, just thought this, you know, sometimes you go through a series like this could be a book. And Sometimes you say that and you never make it a book, but this one became a book. So that's kind of how it came out of it. 
<laughs> That's true. Sometimes you get a great idea. So this should be a book. But one of the things I love about you guys is you do make a lot of things a book. You have got some incredible material out there to come alongside of church leaders. I'm really grateful for what you and Father Michael are doing in that regard. But, you know, I, I know right now, in my current daily prayer, I'm praying for four different people who are young, who have kids, and who are wrestling with cancer. And it just breaks my heart. And I think your book speaks into that, doesn't it? Because that is confusing. I've seen people, particularly through Alpha, come through Alpha, and, and part of their story is, yeah, I had a big loss at one point in my life where I dealt with a with a major health crisis. And I thought, if, if that's the God that does stuff like that. I don't want anything to do with them. And and so for 20 years, they're away from the church and, and right. you know, they lose faith because of suffering. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think we lay out three principles in the book to try to help with those kind of scenarios that, and there's many of those that happen. Number one was, first of all, we say it makes sense to us that God doesn't make sense. If God is all powerful, all knowing, you know, all loving, and we're not, his ways are not always going to make sense to us. So that if, if you thought exactly as God thought that would make you God. Right. So um, there has to be a change of thinking when, when, you know, Jesus says to Peter, when he says, you can't go to the cross, he says, get behind me, Satan. You're not thinking as God thinks, but as human beings do. So one, it just makes sense that God doesn't make sense. Number two, um, that when God doesn't make sense, that we can lean into that and we can learn about God. So, cause God has revealed himself to us. So those are opportunities. If, you know, if, if you have a good friend or you're married and your spouse does something you don't quite understand, there's an opportunity there. You can just write them off and like, I'll, I'll never understand her. Or you can try to lean in and say, okay, I thought I understood how she'd react in that situation. Or I thought I knew her, but I didn't. There must, there's some gap in my understanding. So let me learn about her. I'm going to learn something new about her in this or in this situation, I'm going to learn something new about my friend in this situation. So those are opportunities for us because God has revealed himself to us through his word, through the scriptures and through the church. And the third principle is don't confuse life, not making sense with God, not making sense. Mm. There are things that happen on this earth that are not God's will. Okay. That's why we pray in the, our father, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We are praying for God's will to be done on this planet, it's not always done. And sometimes we can blame God for the the presence, the true presence of evil and things that are against his will. And sometimes Christians, we we don't help. We'll we'll just see anything and say, oh, well, God's will will be done. Well, eventually, yes, but that's not helpful to the person like you have, it's going through cancer or someone who loses a child that, and you just say that was God's will. Okay, then then I don't, well, if that was God's will, then I don't, I don't really believe in that God. I don't want a kind of relationship with a God that would, would will that and want that. And mm. again, often we attribute to God things that are not what he wants. Um, now we can talk about his will and we do a later in the book about, you know, Romans eight twenty eight. it's going to cut to a clear chase. You know, all things work together for our good, for those who love God, right? All things work together for our good. Now, some of those things I think will be worked out for our good on in this life mm. and maybe some in the next, but God wills are good all the time. And so we just have to be careful, though, with blaming God or for things that God does not want and does not will. 
Mm-hmm. As you're talking like that, I, I started to smile at one point because I'm thinking to myself, wow, you just re-engaged all kinds of marriages to, to, to really try to figure each other out again, because that's a, such a great way to look at it. Well, I thought I knew how that person was going to respond in that situation, and I was wrong. I I have something I can learn here. And that's such a great way to tackle our relationships. And also, too, I just see in all kinds of other venues, like that that whole writing off thing is, is a dangerous thing. What if we turn that, you know, that we draw that line in the sand and we write people off? What if we change that and just said, hey, this is an opportunity to understand whether it's Boy, all kinds of things. I could go in a lot of different places that would be helpful. And we could bring that thinking to our online presence so these people stop condemning each other and start understanding right, and right. Ask, asking better questions. And, you know, I heard it said one time that our brain is this wonderful tool that you could ask it anything and it will work nonstop to come up with answers. And so if I said something that didn't do so well in a particular area, I said, why am I so stupid? My brain's actually going to start coming up with reasons why I'm so stupid. Right, right. If I, if I asked a different question, my brain's going to fire off in that direction to answer that question. And so what I'm hearing you say, you know, when it comes to, yeah, you know, God's going there's an opportunity to learn something about God. Lord, in this situation, what is it that I could learn? How can I, how can I know your love in this situation? That very question is going to take us in a very different direction. Yeah. You know, I was listening and I've kind of had this question in my mind, but I was listening to a podcast recently and the, uh, the person being interviewed said, I've been asking God, what do you want me to know about you in this situation? What don't I know about you right now that you want me to know about you? And, and that's, that changes the relational aspect of it, of, and, and I thought that was a, that was a question that was kind of in the back of my mind when I heard this podcaster say it. I'm like, yeah, that's a great question to ask God. What do I not know about you that you want to reveal to me right now? And especially in a circumstance, if you're trying, if you're struggling, mm-hmm. you know, I, I have a couple of uh, things, issues at home I'm trying to figure out. And I, I, I want the easy answer, but I always believe that and God wants to give it to us, whatever our problems are. But I think in all that, he wants us to know him better. Mm-hmm. And develop some deeper level of intimacy. And I think of Abraham, you know, um, and, and, and if you look at the scripture stories, all these people that interacted with God, they didn't, God didn't make sense to them. That's what we talked about in the beginning of the book, too. You know, Abraham said, all right, you're going to give me a son, but um, where is he? And it, it, and it took for years. And there's a lot of reasons for his story about that, why he is. Or Moses, why did you choose me? I don't, I'm not good enough to do this. And every single biblical hero or protagonist that might be the better way to put it struggle with why god wanted him to you know him or her with what god was doing in that point but at the end of the story they develop you know for the heroes they develop an intimacy with god they develop a relationship with god um again you think about abraham you know i'm going to bless you and give you a son that's and he's he's not providing and then when he finally does provide you know sacrifice him and what is what does Abraham say? He comes to the point of faith where he says, God will provide himself the sacrifice. You know, because Isaac asks, where is the sacrifice? God will provide himself. And I think in every again, in all these situations that are we talk about pain and we talk about suffering, we talk about the loss of a loved one, mm. you know, we talk about just the daily issues that grind us up. What does God want to do? He does want to provide himself in some way, but we have to be asking that. And I think the solutions and, mm. and answers to some of our questions, but 
God's in it somehow. Well, you know, I heard an expression one time, just, you know, what if how you look at the problem is the problem? And so often in church leadership, the questions we ask, you know, you know, why is everybody so busy? Why do people not care? You know, why are Catholics falling away? Like there's, a, again, a lot of questions that we can ask ourselves. Can we ask ourselves better questions? You know, Lord, what is it? How can I grow as a leader in this in this season? You know, you know, and, and I see you guys doing that all the time at Nativity is trying to find ways to be better leaders, to have a bigger impact and inviting God into that. I just watch you guys grow in your understanding, your self-awareness, your impact all the time. And it's so fun to see it. And I think that's, you know, you talk about the protagonists that become heroes. I think it's that pursuit that, that you guys model in terms of growth and impact and you're relentless. And I, I don't know when I'm able to take that to my own life. I know I don't take myself so seriously in one sense, and yet I have great hope in another sense because Jesus loves me so much. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I think, and I think some of the questions in the book are really ones that are, are we struggle with as church leaders. We struggle as just followers of Christ. Right. And so mm-hmm. um, I think, I think with those issues are, again, they're people we would minister to serve. They're asking these questions, but you're right. We can get in church leadership and ask the same questions like, Again, God, why are you saying, you know, some of the ones, why are you saying no? Like, I want to grow my church or I want good things for my church. It seems like you're saying no to that prayer or, again, uh, the storms of life that come up and, and you're in church world and church work and, you know, somebody quits and, fi- you know, walks out on you or something breaks down and you have a big problem. And so uh, we, ex- there, these are the same issues and problems we experience both on a personal level. And I think as leaders in churches that a lot of what we talk about in the book comes out of those experiences of, yeah, one, one problem after another sometimes. Yeah. I often say to people that I work with is that your, your problems are going to shift. They're not going to go away. You're just going to have different problems. Your problems are going to look different, but you'll always be managing problems. That's what leaders do you'll have different problems, but they'll still be problems. They're good problems. <laughs> they're the problems you were praying for and hoping for, but they're still problems. Right. Well, that is, you're right. Your solutions, you know, today's solution brings tomorrow's problem, but hopefully they're better problems. I say you're always going to have problems. You might as well have high-class problems. You want, <laughs> you want the problem of, yeah, our parking lot is full and we need more spaces or our building's too small and we need more space versus... Yeah. Yeah. The, the problem of we can't get anybody to come or that's a, that's a different kind of problem. So, uh, and I think it's Andy Stanley says problems are job security for the leader. So, <laughs> so, um, so as you guys preach into this series, Tom, I'm curious, like, uh, again, clearly as you were speaking into it and even creating it, you guys were getting excited about the content and all the applications of it. How, how, and I'm guessing that was received really well, because again, that was fuel for the fire, probably for motivation for the book. But from a practical perspective, how, how did you, what were some of the feedback that you were getting from some of the people that you were ministering to in terms of how it was impacting them and how they were processing things? Yeah. So one of the things we did this Lent was we, um, and we had some other churches do it as well, but we, since the book was coming out and we, again, it's, it's a little bit, some content we've covered before, some repackaged, refreshed, uh, but we we'd made a big small group push this year to, because, uh, 
And we set a goal to get a thousand new people in small groups. We were able to do that. So that was awesome. I saw that on and Twitter. Way to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, we threw out a big, huge number and sometimes you just have to do that. That doesn't always work, but uh, we did. And our team, we had some things in place that made it happen too, that were, again, it was kind of convergence, but any case, it was great to see people in small groups that had never tried it before. Uh, and there's just a great synergy for a church whenever you can do preach on a topic, get people in a small group, uh, and then get people in a small group to talk about it. That's just, you're always going to see growth. And then these were questions that um, a bunch of people, it, they're just bait, like such important questions that people are asking that we had great mm -hmm. conversations. And um, we had a staff day yesterday and one of the guys who runs a local restaurant, he gave us the food for it. And he pulled father Michael aside. He's like, I got to tell you, I love the book. I love my small group. I love my small group. He just started a small group for the first time. Uh, great conversations on these topics. So that, I mean, that's what you, that's what we're trying to do as churches is, is get people talking. Right. And yeah. when there's conversation, there's going to be conversion. So a uh, very good response to it. Um, and they were, they were, again, they were, they were deep questions, questions to jump in and have conversations with, but those are the ones we kind of need. Right. Yeah. So can you yeah. give us a couple examples of some of the questions that you had people wrestling with? Yeah. So, I mean, the first chapter is when God says no. So there's no answers to prayer. And I think that's a whole other universe about why some prayers are answered and some are not. And then you know, what's going on with unanswered prayers. So we talked about that. Um, I mean, the deeper ones when you got into the loss of a loved one and especially the loss of somebody that seems in their prime mm -hmm. and or. Um, dealing with pain and suffering. And so again, so my small groups, everybody had that, you know, I've one, one, one woman, you know, I did a couples group with my wife and one woman's, you know, she lost her sister and mm. you know, what was great was just some of the authenticity that came out. So she's like, Oh, I was mad at God for 10 years. I was so pissed at God for, and, and, and it was funny because she was even at the end, she was praying at one time. She's like, thank you God for our friends that don't mind if we're even a little bit heretical or a little <laughs> bit, you know, and I love that. Again, that's the point of groups is like, and I forget, maybe in heretical is the word she used, but sure. she was being honest and authentic about how she felt about God. And that was the, that's again, the whole point, letting that come out in conversations. Um, uh, now it is interesting at times somebody was, in, <laughs> this is a side note, but it was in my small group on Monday and they start this weird, this weird theory about Jesus not really resurrecting. And um, <laughs> he took some kind of drug that he learned in Egypt. And I'm like, Gosh. all right, I'm trying to let this guy talk and you don't want to shut it down, but you're like, uh, all right. I kind of let it go. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, um, that's why the Joshua John, it says he, he was pierced through the head, the heart and water, water and blood flew out. Like it's, it doesn't hold water uh, anyway. But you, but to me, that's a different thing. The theories of Jesus versus when someone's just saying, yeah, yes. I don't know. They're, they're, they're expressing their feelings with God. So anyway, um, but the, 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 you know, small group conversations are great. So I think we felt yeah. a lot of great engagement. And again, all these things you're trying to, what are we trying to do? We're trying to move God from a category mm. again to a personal relationship for people. Amen. And um, that definitely, those questions help that happen. Love that. And I think sometimes, you know, your little sidebar there, I think is so important in terms of that theory. Small groups can be messy because we do give people a chance to speak and be heard. And it's okay. It's okay for messiness. I Same thing in our, uh, we had, we do a men's leadership gym at St. Benedict and guy got up and 
talked about the Holy Spirit, and I don't know where he got his material on the internet, but there was nothing about it that was Catholic, and it was so off. <laughs> and yeah. uh, at the end, I just smiled and said, you know, thanks, that was very interesting, not particularly in keeping with any of the teachings, but certainly interesting. Uh, let's make sure we do our research and, you know, people get yeah. it. They're not stupid, Right. Right, right. Well, it's funny because I had a guy sitting next to me. I would say it's pretty orthodox. And I start like getting nervous for him because he's next to me. But I'm also nervous for me because I don't want to, you know. So you're right, but it is messy. Uh, I I think when you, I think that's where, yeah, it's a little bit of sidebar with with small groups. You try to be when it comes to to clear doctrine and be like, yeah, all right, let's let's rein it in a little bit. But Mm. I mean, usually it's more conversations about what, again, through that course of that series, this was in a new series you're doing. Mm. The course of that series, it was definitely a lot of opportunity for people to share their life life story and what happened. And, and again, all these topics were something every every single one of us. Uh, how to live? How do you live under a bad leader and poor authority? You know, when there's bad leadership, and how do we deal with that? And why does God allow that? All these topics were things everybody could dive into and say, "Oh yeah, I've had that experience," or mm. it, it wasn't a foreign experience. You know, sometimes we talk yeah. about, you know, we're working on stuff for for a little bit down, like on the, the solemnities. I'm just like, all right, well, how do you make the ascension pre- connect to people's lives? I mean, that's a little bit harder, but these questions were all, oh yeah, people were connecting really easy. Meat and potatoes. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's awesome. Well, and that's too, that's so much fun about, and I think that's the beauty of what you're doing and so many other churches are doing too, uh, thankfully. And finally is is really starting to get help people enter into conversations because the mass doesn't allow that, you know, other than, you know, the peace of Christ, which is a head nod these days in a lot of uh, towns. Uh, There's really very little interaction, but there isn't supposed to be. Uh, That interaction is supposed to happen outside of the mass, right? Right, right. The mass and the the weekend worship should set it up and we need to create systems and structures so that people can then form those relationships and have conversations. We need friends and faith. You know, Father Michael, the way he says it here is like on Sundays, this is when I talk at you, small groups are your chance to talk back, talk back and have a conversation about it. And um, yeah, I, I'm a huge believer in small groups and what they've seen in that. And uh, this past lunch just reinforces, I ran three groups because you know, <laughs> that's why I felt like we were trying to get people in. I needed to do that. And um, I, yeah, I, I mean, I just, you just love hearing other people's stories and their stories of faith, Romans. Mm-hmm. Paul says, I will learn from your faith and you will learn from mine. And it doesn't matter how much you know, theologically, um, you can learn from somebody else's faith. It's a great story. One of my small groups, uh, again, uh, this is a couple we were friends with and my friends. Uh, um, but you just had conversations that were different. We sure. might hang out together, yeah. but in a small group, we had different conversations. So, And we did this via Zoom. And uh, so my friend's up in Connecticut and he's a physician assistant. And he uh, hosts, I mean, just quick story. I mean, he grew up in a, his, his mom was Jewish. His dad was Catholic, really grew up with no faith, came to faith as an adult. And he's talking about how his job changed as a physician's assistant. He's now going out and serving the poor. And he, how, and from all these different things, he's like, yeah, just this last week I was washing someone's feet. And he's like, I was thinking how cool that is. I'm washing someone's feet. Like Jesus did. Now I was thinking, I would not be thinking the same thing. I'd be like, I would be totally Grossed out. I'd be told like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I got to do this. But I just thought how awesome it was. Again, I know this guy's story from no faith at all <laughs> to this career change that actually he kind of had wanted to happen and God orchestrated. And he saw God's hand to I'm washing feet like Jesus's feet. And how much that also challenged me. I, I need to be more, my friend's name's Dave. I'm like, I got to be more like Dave. Dave's right. 
Dave's a better Christian than me in this, and I've been doing it a lot longer. So, uh, you know, I'll learn from your faith and you'll learn from mine. Absolutely. That is so fun. I, I had a good friend of mine who, his name's Bill, and and we were doing scripture reading together on, on a daily basis, and we'd reflect on the weekends, and and he would often talk about serving God and and healing the broken and and God's going to send you a broken person today because he trusts you to love to share you his love with them and he, that was constantly what he was seeing and hearing in the scripture so there's I just watched a theme in his life and he was a relatively new Christian uh, you know he came back to his faith a recommitted Christian I should say came back to his faith when he was 50 and and it was a number of years later that I had a situation in my life where, where a really close friend who didn't have any family around came down with Alzheimer's and, and, and I could hear Bill's words in my head, God's sending you somebody who's broken because he's trusting that you'll love them. And I just realized in that moment that, that I was, I felt like God was saying that to me, Ron, will you take care of my daughter? And the answer was yes, but it was so easy. And it was so easy because I was influenced so much by my friend in this group. And again, didn't have anything to do with how long he'd been a Christian or where his theology was at or, or his credentials. It was no God speaking through him over and over again, formed and changed me. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So, so. beautiful. So beautiful. And so what's that book? Well, tell me a little bit about your hopes for that book. Like, so if our listeners are listening to this, wait a minute, you guys had a series around this. It's actually really relatable, creates great conversations. What, what's your hope for the book? Yeah, a few different things. One, we were hoping it was a book that, you know, if you're a, Christ, a Christian, a Christ follower, you could pick up. But if you knew an unchurched person, someone who disconnected, just like your friends and said, yeah, I, I just thought I had to walk away. Um, it, you could give them that book. Uh, it's pretty readable, pretty short. Um, there's an audible audio, an audible version of it too. So I know I talk to people all the time who don't read books, but they'll read that. So they'll listen to an audio, you know, the audible. Um, that's the first thought. And I think second too, for Christians who maybe something we talked about in the beginning of, yeah, these issues are there, but I try not to look too closely because I'm a little bit nervous that I might not like what I find or it might expose me. But again, we're saying the whole point is if you delve into these issues, and, and we can't answer all the questions. I mean, the questions are big questions. We can't answer them in one book, but it, it hopefully start to put you on a path to answer those that it will deepen your faith. And I think the third was we did hope parishes would use it. Mm. Um, uh, so we put for this past Lent, but we're going to keep creating some resources. Again, we put message transcripts together, a kind of rough idea of what the message could be or the homily could be about and connecting it to the core theme. Uh, and then uh, the small group materials, we created these small group materials that people use. So if you wanted to get some small groups started at your church, uh, this would be a series to use. So mm -hmm. there's, um, I, I kind of don't use the small group resources very much because I kind of already know the content. I start making up my own questions. But from what I heard from people who did use it, uh, they said it was very helpful. And uh, I, or I get one question and from there, I know what I'm, I know. I know where I want to take it. So, but I know from the people who did use the materials, they said it was very helpful. They thought it was great content and that we set them up for success. So we even put some materials together. If you're launching a small groups, we put a little packet together. Ave Maria Press did that. Uh, we did that with Ave Maria Press, our publisher. So if you're looking either to get a small group program started in your church, or you just want to launch one yourself and try it with some friends. Uh, I think it's a great, great resource. 
Uh, what I love about that too, Tom, and thank you so much for doing that. There's so many churches that, that I work with at different parts of the world that don't have staff. They just don't have a lot of staff or the staff they do have are doing multiple things. And so these ideas of preaching in series and linking it to Bibles, uh, you know, small groups and stuff is a great idea that they just don't have the energy and the resources to get to, but you just make it so easy. Like this just makes it so easy to tap into work that's already been done. You know, let Nativity be that staff for you. <laughs> They've already done the work. Grab the resources. And the cool thing is, if you try it and it doesn't work, well, you're not owed anything. But if you yeah. try it and it does work, well, how cool is that? Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happened to us. We used we used other churches' stuff, and we didn't have the staff, and we didn't have the team, and we didn't have the even the vision at the time to do that. And then as we used other people's stuff, um, we, we got our more own voice. We over time learned how they did it or, mm-hmm. and figured out for ourselves. So we hope, I, I think uh, for, I think if you say right now, I need to borrow someone else's resources, don't feel like that's a, you're losing or mm-hmm. it's a failure. Uh, it's where you are right now. And then if you want to develop your own stuff and your voice over time, great, do it, but give it, it's exactly meant to be a help if you don't have the staff or don't have the time and energy to do it mm-hmm. um, and, and to, and to learn from other models is fine. That's the way we learned as well. And I think um, again, sometimes I think we have, we think we have to reinvent the wheel or, or do too much all our own from scratch, or we're afraid yeah. of that. Um, again, I like what Rick Warren says about borrowing other people's stuff. We're all in the same team. We're all trying to, yeah. you know, we're on the same team trying to bring people to Christ. So mm-hmm. uh, we just have to constantly be learning from others and, Right now, I'm some issues here at the church. I'm trying to figure out, and I know I have ideas on it. I'm not going from zero, but I'm like, all right, I want to hear what other people say about this. Yes, and try and figure it out a little bit. I love that. I love that. I love how you tackle stuff that way. You're just such a great thinker in terms of how you process and put things on paper. I know for us at St. Benedict Parish in Halifax, when we were getting our feet off the ground and really leaning into our vision, we would get books, buy them four and 500 at a time and get the church to read them together. And Rebuilt was a formative book for us. And, And me personally, just I just found the humor in it just knee slappingly <laughs> hilarious. Just the honesty and the raw nature of it. Uh, it really, I found it endearing and it made it fun and, and very real in a way that, yeah, it wasn't so th- theoretical or a pie in the sky. It's like, no, this is real stuff. We got to get our head around this real stuff. So it was so fun, so helpful. And so the fact that you guys continue to, to support and resource churches alongside of the coaching network that you've established is, is just great, great blessing to the broader church. So thank you for that. So fun. Oh, thanks, Ron. Appreciate that. That's cool. That's cool. And so when you look at what you guys are doing now, where you're at, you know, we're post COVID, we're still recovering in so many parts of the world from, from this, trying to wrap our head around it. What, what are some of the things you're most excited about? Like I'll tell you hitting a thousand Thousand people in groups, right? Yeah, we got the thousand new people in groups. Yeah, thousand um, new people in groups. Yeah, yeah. So we, yeah, <laughs> we had, yeah. So that was, and that's, but that, and that's long obedience in the same direction. That's where, yes, you just got to keep doing. We've been doing this for years now, so that's where we can. So I think we, I think you say numbers, and it can be intimidating to people, but I hope it's always okay. We can grow. It can happen. It can be done. Uh, but it is many years. So, and then there's some opportune times. And this was just an opportune time. We had thought kind of out of COVID, people are lonely, people are isolated. And so, w- as a church, we have a perfect solution. I mean, that's what we're all about is community. 
um, and or we should all be about, right? I mean, that's not always in churches. There's a high level of community, but that's what we have to offer, real authentic community that's based in truth. And so let's offer that to people. Um, and people responded. So uh, I think like a lot of churches right now, our opportunity, which is both the problem to be solved, honestly, and this is what I'm thinking about a little bit, uh, is bringing people back volunteering. I know a lot of churches are struggling with that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that there's some pain points we have and we're going to, we're going to work to solve them. I think for us, it's also building up some leaders. That's what I was talking about today. Earlier I was yes. going on about how do we build up our leadership system and leadership structure some more. And so somewhat I'm hearing waves of some pain points. So I'm going to, a team of us will get together and say, okay, what are those pain points? What are the opportunities and what can we do this year to build up leaders? So I'm, I'm excited about that, that um, building up the leaders in our church and, kind of uh, figuring out what's next with that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's so much fun. And certainly, again, I know as you guys are discovering that stuff and wrestling with that stuff, you always give away what you're learning to others and and it makes it just so much fun. Yeah, that's what's great. I mean, we're we're trying to do it. We're working with parishes and we're we're doing the same thing. And so that was fun for me. We did a small groups course uh, for parishes. We're wrapping it up today, but it was the exact same thing. Let's Let's get small groups going in your church and or take it to the next level. And so we walked with them through it and we were doing things here at Nativity. And there was things I would say I would come to Nativity. I'm like, you know, hey, do we have I mean, this is a very simple thing. We should. Do we have a job description for our small group leaders? No, not really. We kind of we've been doing it for so long. It's just kind of enculturated. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to make one up. So and I don't know what they did with it uh, because. Susan, our small group leader, director is awesome. And I don't know if she just said, all right, I'm not even listening to that, but I, I don't think so. I think she used it some way, but it was great. So it, it helps us to see the holes here at Nativity because we do, we yes. have holes, but then in help in teaching you grow. That's our whole point. So, mm. um, and then, so yeah, it was great to do that together with helping other churches get small groups. So we had a, through our coaching course, we had, they, they got a thousand people in the groups as well. So we had a thousand here at Nativity, a thousand through the groups we coach. So it was pretty cool to see that. Uh uh-huh. <laughs> well, that helps you sleep good at night in terms of making an impact for the kingdom of God. That is so much fun. So for those of you that are listening, head over to, uh, head over, well, you actually you can go to the Rebuilt website or you can go yep. to Amazon and Seriously, God is the title of their newest book. I really encourage you to pick it up. And again, if, if small groups are something you're doing, plug this material in. If it's not, what a great reason and way to kick it off. Tom, thank you so much for being on the show today. Thanks, Ron. Always great connecting with you. Thank you for tuning in each week. And thank you for what you do to lead your parish or business in a way that glorifies God by making others great. Be sure to subscribe and rate the podcast five stars. Your engagement makes a big difference. If we can help you by speaking at an event you're planning or with deep dive coaching, reach out to ronhuntley.com and let's have a conversation. encourage you as you lead this week be faithful to god and generous to others see you next time and remember if you're still breathing you are powered for impact